It is an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the estate planning and government assistance laws are quite complex and ever-changing, how do you keep track of them? Through elder law attorney Michael Cohen. He's there for you to answer any of your planning questions in a way that you and your loved ones will easily understand. Mike has devoted his entire career to dutifully informing and protecting our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. My name is Don Crawford, Jr., the grateful owner of KWM Radio, and this is your Estate Planning Essentials podcast and regular program. And my co-host, who's sitting here with me right now, who voraciously seeks to protect your family, your asset, and you every day of his life, basically, his name is Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Oh, Don, how you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. Michael is our Estate Planning Essentials attorney. Uh, he's an expert in this area and is someone you should consider uh, having Look at your estate plan to make certain that it's current, it's exactly what you want. That's what Michael does for a living. Uh, we've been doing this program for 10 years now, and this is what this program does as well. And today we want to talk about some basics that you should consider as a listener for your planning, and that is a will over trust over will over trust and things like that. Michael? Well, you know, it's not necessarily some people it's better to have a will and some people it's better to have a trust. Mm -hmm. It's not a right or wrong answer, but I will say this. You know, I had, ought to have something. Sure. You know, I know a lot of people think about just beneficiary designations or they say they have nothing at all. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, yes, a beneficiary designation supersedes a will or a trust. So in mm -hmm. other words, if you had a bank account uh, that says POD, which stands for paid on death, well, it goes to the beneficiary. What happens if you have an investment account that says TOD, which is transfer on death? If you have an IRA, you have a beneficiary. If you have a life insurance policy, you have a beneficiary. If you have an annuity, you have a beneficiary. So why do I need either a will or a trust? I don't need anything, right? Mm. Well, not so fast. Because, you know, sometimes bad things happen to people. And so, you know, so often, I don't know how many times I've been told, everybody just thinks about, well... All I care about is how it gets transferred at I, at when I die. Mm -hmm. But there's other issues. What if there's credit issues? What if, if if the if the beneficiary has credit issues? What if you're concerned about your spouse remarrying? What if you're concerned that somebody may become disabled at a later date or is already disabled? What happens if you're concerned about your child and maybe the child is married and you don't want things to go that no good daughter-in-law or son-in-law? What happens if the person is a spendthrift? What happens if they have a drug addiction? But you say none of those are happening right now, but who's to say what the future could hold? Things change in life. Mm -hmm. I had somebody last uh, week, and they, uh, and they said, yeah, I understand. I didn't expect my 25-year-old to get injured in that car accident and be disabled for the rest of their life. What happens, I didn't expect that, um, that she would get sued, maybe, mm -hmm. and have credit issues, perhaps. You know, there was, there's all sorts of different things. 
uh, I think I talked about um, on a show a few weeks ago uh, when we were talking about different types of uh, trust and fiduciaries that we talked about, you know, that, oh, I'm concerned that if everything, this business or this property uh, goes to uh, my child, that child may give it to their spouse, and then all of a sudden that business uh, between my three kids, well, the two kids and the one who died, if he gives everything to his third spouse, now that the kids are, are my two kids are partners with the third kid's wife, hmm. that we wanted to stay inside the family. Family. Right. It was a family business. Sure. So it's not that we have... Uh, benefit. You know, some people say, well, I got real estate. We'll do an affidavit of heirship or whatever, and mm-hmm. sometimes that's fine. Mm-hmm. But it's just the problem that sometimes all sorts of bad things happen in life. And so do you want to plan? Do you want to have the government determine how things happen and or if where things go? And also, do you want to plan to protect your family mm-hmm. or to make it easy for your family or do you want to just leave it up and say I don't care well some people say I don't care and it makes me nervous and I'm glad you went there because I was just going to mention that the beneficiaries the children of the parents have to ascertain that there is a plan in the first place I mean that would be disastrous if there's nothing and they don't care yeah um, it's, it, it is amazing because if you don't do it, I had, okay, so I'm going to tell you something, even when people, even if they did plan, supposedly, that's something that bad happened. So I had somebody in my office this week, there was, let's say there was four kids and one kid said, um, I know mom had a will and that will said the house goes to me. I've been living in that house for five years after her death, but the will hadn't been probated. Hmm. Uh Uh-oh. So even if you do have a will, you better maybe have at least a copy or know where the original can be located because one of those kids says, oh, there was no will. Maybe she destroyed it. And now she's going for what's called an administration. So when you have no will, you have to go to court to be able to transfer. And of course, there's children from different relationships. And it gets more complicated. And now the court has to determine, first of all, who the heirs are. So there's another attorney involved besides the one who's seeking to be in charge, mm. depending if it's an independent or dependent administration. Uh, and we and this is I've seen this in more than one that's going on right now. One more case that there the children say, well, this was supposed to be mine. Sure. Uh, in fact, that one child that I was thinking about saying, oh, gee, I've been making the mortgage payments on mom's house. I've been living there. I've been paying taxes. I've been paying insurance. But the will hadn't been probated. And so can you probate a will after five years, after four years? Actually, there's a way, but you have to have a reason. So he was going to look for that original will mm-hmm. uh, that he says – uh, that everybody knew. All, in fact, all the kids except for one say, "Yeah, I know that house was supposed to go to you." By the way, that gets into other issues of, uh, about what's called adverse possession. Gets into all sorts of issues. Why mm-hmm. can can you have? A, is there a justifiable reason to probate a will after four years? Mm-hmm. Anyway, at the very least, you ought to have a will. And I, it makes me nervous is that. If it's not in writing, then what? It's he said, she said, it's oral. I was told, it was understood, it was assumed. But uh, that sounds dangerous to me. You know, 
You're right, because the court, you need some proof. Right. You need some proof. And the court's going to go by the law. And whatever the law is, the law is. Right. And so you should. So, do you want to determine how your assets go, or are you going to leave it up to the government to determine how the assets go? Mm-hmm. But also the responsibility of it, whether it be an executor of trustee is to pay off any debts. Yeah. So it's not just transfer of assets. It's also payment of bills. Right. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I was watching something the other day on television, and they were referring to – um, the movie Watergate and how Holbrook says to Robert Redford, well, just follow the money. And it just seems like, Michael, more often than not, sadly, it is all about the money with uh, beneficiaries and others. Boy, how true that is. And um, even even on smaller states, a lot of times you see the worst. I bet you have. And it's it's most unfortunate in this case that I was just telling you about. All it is is a house. Right. I mean, I don't know how expensive the house is, but it, I don't think it was an expensive home. Mm-hmm. But one daughter probably destroyed the will mm-hmm. so that she would benefit. Goodness. So you better have that original will in a safe place for somebody that you trust and let them – or have that person who is the executor that you trust have it in their possession. And, and it should be in a safe place, like free from the elements. Right. And if it's not the original, does it still hold up? Well, you'd have case? to. You see, the problem is you could we, you could probate a copy of a will, mm-hmm. uh, but then you usually have to get all the different heirs to sign off on it, basically. Okay. Brutal. And then that could be a problem. Yeah. So we, we probate copies of wills. It's more extra steps. You have to be served with citation or waive notice of citation. You have to get, like, basically say... Whatever the agreement is, maybe name. We had one last week where there was two executors, and we said, okay, well, well, one executor says, yeah, I don't want to serve as mom's, the executor of mom's estate. So I allow the other co-executor to serve alone. Um, you know, you have to do extra stuff when it's a copy, mm-hmm. and so it's more expensive to do that. It's not to say you can't do it. So even though uh, we never keep the originals of any will, we always have a copy, and for, I hate to say decades, we scan it in because you never know if they can't find the original. Well, in any event, um, and even if you have a trust, you need to have a will. Mm-hmm. Uh, why? Okay, so I'm going to give you an awful example. Excellent. Awful? No. Okay. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes people have, I'd say, even if they've, you know, with a trust, the biggest mistake, and I say a trust, it's usually a revocable living trust, okay. which means you could always revoke it or amend it because the revocable trust avoids probate and avoids guardianship. One of the advantages of a trust over will is you make your own rules, whereas on a will you have to go by the rules of, of the law, the estate's code in Texas. So that means I have to apply for probate, have to give them the original will. So just because you have a will doesn't mean it's good. You have to go to court to say that court says it's good. And the court signs an order after having a proof of death, uh, after there's been a hearing, see if there's been any contest. Was the will good to begin with? Did it have a self-proving affidavit that was adequate? Did you have, uh, or did you have to bring witnesses to court to say, yeah, that person signed it? Was it a holographic will? Was it one done by an attorney? We had one recently where they didn't have all the pages of the original will. They only had – they were missing three pages. Uh, there was all these different problems, and now you have to deal with the siblings. Uh, and, and so when you have a will, you have, the, good, the good thing is a will is simple and cheaper. 
The bad thing is you got to go by the laws. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a will, then it's even worse because you have to go by all the rules when you don't have a uh, a will, and that means also this whole procedures, and that gets to be... uh, Expensive and time-consuming. Yeah, and a lot of times the ones that have it... um, the most are, are the ones with the smaller states. Uh, right. uh, that's why, in fact, you know, we've done shows like on transfer on debt deeds. The whole reason for uh, having transfer on debt deeds is a lot of families uh, in particular uh, that didn't do any kind of planning at all. So they wanted to make it simple for somebody to have a, trans, a, a, a deed that says, when I die, my home goes to whomever. File it in the deed records. You could change your mind. You could cancel it if ever anything should change as long as you have capacity. But you can't use a power of attorney for that, by the way. Okay. The idea is, uh, so what's an awful example? Let's say you'd put all your assets in a trust. Well, you or you thought you did. What if there's a personal injury accident and you have to collect for the estate? All right, so let's give you a couple different examples. All right, husband and wife. Husband and wife have a revocable trust. They put all their assets in this trust. No big deal, right? Shouldn't be an issue. Except for one thing. Husband's mom passed. Husband's mom had a claim for a personal injury accident. The personal injury accident, it takes a while to settle. Sure. The personal injury accident proceeds get paid to mom's estate. Husband, the one that had the revocable trust with wife, dies after mom. Well, mom's will, after the personal injury settlement payment is to her estate, mom's will says it all goes to my two kids equally. Where would it be paid? The husband's estate. Well, how do you get husband's estate? you got to probate the will. Mm which says everything goes to the trust. So even if you have a trust and have put all your assets in the trust, there are circumstances where you still may have to probate the will. Now, it's unusual. Mm -hmm. We had uh, a case. uh, You know, one thing that often people don't put in a trust is a vehicle. I don't know. We talked about this many years ago because it was before the law, which now permits through the Department of Motor Vehicles, a car to be transferred upon death to whomever you want. You just have to go to the Department of Motor Vehicles and say, my beneficiary designation is so-and-so. Get a certificate of title. Okay. All right, so in this case, mom, 80-some-odd years old, had not talked to her three kids in over 30 years. She put all of her assets in the trust except her vehicle. Mom dies. Trustee calls me up and says, what do we do? Mom did not retitle the car into the name of the trustee. Yes, you can do it. You name somebody else's additional insured, although it's generally not recommended because of uh, liability issues. But nowadays, and this is before, uh, this is after that case, you could do this beneficiary designation. So he said, what can you do? And I said, well, if I do nothing, just like if you had, didn't have a will, it goes to your closest heirs, which would be the three kids who she hasn't talked to in 30 years. Trustee said, if, she, if you do that, she would roll over in her grave. That's the last thing she would want. And I said, well, you got that pour over will. It pours over into the trust, but I got to probate the will. 
So even if you have a revocable trust or any other type of trust, perhaps, well, not every type of trust, but uh, basically uh, you would have a will that says everything goes according to the terms of the trust. So they probated the will so the car would go to the trust, and what they do, the proceeds went to charity. So it wouldn't go to those three kids that she hadn't talked to in 30 years. I'm glad to hear that. You know, when you bring up probate and you mentioned, and I think you taught me over the years, probate means to verify everything, uh, verification. I often think of what Shakespeare said, the first thing you do is you know what the attorneys. Um, <laughs> and because um, they're the ones who were there in the beginning and in the end who need to get paid too. And I worry about these uh, hourly attorneys who need to get paid for their services, which is understandable. But goodness, Michael, how many times have I heard where the attorneys just, uh, because of their good services, which are important, eat up the entire state. And when it's all said and done, there's nothing left. Yeah, that's, it's not much an issue generally in Texas unless there's a contest. Mm-hmm. In other states, they take a percentage of the estate, right? and it really is. so. But it's usually a lot more difficult in other states. California, New York are a lot more difficult. And, they, uh, and, and so you, you always hear about having trust in those states. In Texas, it's simple. Uh, however, uh, you know, uh, sometimes... Uh, uh, it could be difficult here, too. depends on the facts. We had one interesting one this last week, and I thought it was really great because uh, it's very unusual. This is a very unusual case. Uh, normally, you have four years to probate a will. And in this case, the mom had been on Medicaid for 20 years. Mm. Can you imagine how much usually, uh, you know, they had a house was the main asset. And the house doesn't count as an asset, but the state has a right to make a claim against the home to the extent that Medicaid benefits have been advanced, which would be hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not more than a million dollars, if you've been paying for care for 20 years. Mm -hmm. And so they contacted me about um, three years and 11 months three years, 11 months, and two weeks after the person died. And they had not probated the will because they said, well, the house is going to all go to the government. So Mm -hmm. why should we bother? Right. And they were concerned. They said, we can't pay. And I said, well, you don't have to worry about paying. In fact, you don't have to worry about anything at all. Your government's not going to get any of it. Well, why? Why? Usually under Medicaid rules, the state has a, if you probate a will, the state has a right to make a claim against the assets of the estate that were non-countable after death to the extent that Medicaid benefits have been advanced. Mm-hmm. And generally the biggest asset people have is their home. And by the way, they only go after things that go by will or intestacy. Well, they have a will. Mm-hmm. They didn't have that transfer on death deed. They didn't, which would avoid probate. They didn't, or a ladybird deed, which is a different type of deed mm-hmm. that avoids probate. Or they didn't have a beneficiary designation on their vehicle, which also would have avoided probate. So that means that the state would have a right to make a claim against the uh, estate and basically get the home right. No, not in this case, and this is really unusual. Why? Remember we talked about the law. I don't remember what it was a, a few weeks ago. On one of the shows, we talked about the Deficit Reduction Act of 2005 that was signed on February 2006. Well, one of those rules was that about this recovery 
Well, actually, in Texas, they said that they didn't adopt. Actually, it was in this case that Texas didn't adopt uh, Medicaid estate recovery. Excuse me, until 2005. Hmm. So they, you look at the law at the time that the person applied for Medicaid. In this case, mom applied in 2003. So she's grandfathered, so they don't have to pay back the government. So we here we had a case that we saw, well, this happened before March 1st, 2005, which is when DEC, Texas adopted Medicaid estate recovery. So I said, don't worry. So we did an application for probate two weeks before the deadline, and so now they could save the home. Perfect. And by the way, though, here's the other complication. Well, the will said everything goes to the three kids, but one of the kids has since died. In fact, that kid died, and now one and one of his kids has died. Oh boy! And now they and he didn't have a will, and he was on his third wife. So now we have to show a history. There should be an either an heirship determination or we do an affidavit of heirship. But the good news is we're going to save the property. Yeah. The bad news is it's going to be split in a lot of different ways. <laughs> yes. <laughs> split the baby, which is not a good thing. But nevertheless, uh, these are more reasons why you need to attend Michael's next workshop, which is July the 15th. It's a Saturday morning. It's at 10 o'clock. And real briefly, Michael, tell them about these I think, very auspicious workshops. Well, we ask people what they want to know, uh, whatever it is that they want to know, whether it's about wills or trust or powers of attorney, or it could be about Medicaid, or it could be about public benefits. It could be about special needs. It could be about anything. It could be about tax laws. We never know what the questions are going to be, and we proceed to answer those questions over those two hours, but we will have a small presentation as well on the more of the basics. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some a lot of times it's just kind of like this show, uh, you know, somebody may ask a question and it just reminds me of a case to illustrate what the case may be and how how it could be applicable Um, anyway to go to the free estate planning essentials workshop all you have to do is call 214-720-0102 that's 214-720-0102 or sign up online at dallas elderlawyer.com that's dallaselderlawyer.com you'll see that the two hours it's a free workshop it's two hours you have a if you do go that free estate planning essentials workshop uh, then you will also be entitled to a free vision meeting in other words three free hours of legal education without obligation uh, I would be remiss also if I didn't talk about the free KAAM, uh, KAAM coffee mug, which is what, as I always say, that people are clamoring for. Uh, I don't know that they don't want the education. They just want the coffee mug. But for those who – so you have that opportunity to get that mug as well. Uh, so so they could uh, just come to the workshop, get the mug, and leave. They don't even have to stay. Is that just straight? That's right. You okay. go to, if that's what they want, they go right to Starbucks. Uh, do not <laughs> do not uh, pass go. Go directly to uh, – you know, you go, you go right to the Starbucks. If you okay. want. But whatever, most people want to go to the workshop too. You can say, well, I'm getting the coffee mug. I'll just might as well learn something for a couple hours. Uh, anyway, uh, the bottom line is I think you're going to find it educational. In fact, if anything, you're going to not only learn something, you're going to learn a lot uh, and you'll find it hopefully enjoyable. No doubt well. about it. We've got about two minutes left, Michael. She'll say to you, well, I just rent, I got a car, and I got a dog. Um, so I don't need a will or a trust. What do you well, say to that? Well, you know, I think everybody should have at least a simple will 
because like we said, there could be a personal injury accident. There could be any number of things that happen. You could inherit. Uh, a lot of things happen. So you should at least have some basic estate planning documents. Everybody should do it. I had my kids, when they turned 18, uh, do the basic documents. Mm-hmm. That's smart. Sometimes it's better to have a will um, because you then a trust. Uh, let's say you have, uh, we talked about on a prior show about a disabled spouse or somebody that's disabled. You need to have a disability trust. And you can't do it for a spouse, a uh, special needs trust, in a trust. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's better to have a trust. Uh, you want to have privacy. You want to avoid probate. You want to just avoid the laws of the state. So everybody's situation is different. And so what we usually do is say, well, what's your facts? What's what's important to you? Maybe it's cost. Okay, that's fine. It's just it's just whatever is important to you. Do you want to make it easier for the family? Do you want to make it simpler? Is Or do you just say, look, that's their problem. Uh, they're lucky to get what they get. Okay. It doesn't matter. It's whatever you want. That is important. It's not what the attorney, it's not what your children want, it's what you want that all is all that matters. And do you just want to protect them? Okay, you have that opportunity. What protections do you want? Is it creditors, bad marriages, disability, addictions? Do you want to have a certain percentage each month on a trust? You know, uh, as far as distributions, it's it's not a right or wrong. It's just just think of it as the cafeteria, go to uh, Luby's, or the, uh, and you say, well, this I like this, I like this, I like this, or Baskin-Robbins. I, these are the flavors. I just have to tell you what they are. That's perfect. Um, these are tailored plans, tailored uh, because Michael wants to understand what your needs and desires are, and then he will tailor it accordingly to make sure it's exactly what you want. To attend his next workshop, to get these questions answered that you may have about your plan, about government assistance, attend that on July the 15th, which is a Saturday at 10 a.m. Dial 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102, or go to his website for the podcast, for the newsletter, for all the information you need, which is DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com. Michael Cohen, thank you, sir. Thank you, Don. Leading estate planner practicing law for decades in Dallas, Texas, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the Texas and federal laws. The next step to that end is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com and sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on KAAM for eight years now, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate what could currently be a rather insufficient estate plan. Make certain that is not the case and that it is created and completed your way by signing up for his next free workshop today.